plot, Repo, The Genetic Opera, written by Lionsgut. In the year 2056, the not-so-distant future, an epidemic of organ failures devastates the planet. Out of the tragedy, a savior emerges, Genco, a biotech company that offers organ transplants, for a price. Those who miss their payments are scheduled for repossession and hunted by villainous repo men. In a world where surgery addicts are hooked on painkilling drugs and murder is sanctioned by law, a sheltered young girl searches for the cure to her own rare disease as well as information about her family's mysterious history. After being sucked into the haunting world of Jinko, she is unable to turn back, as all of her questions will be answered at the wildly anticipated spectacular event, the genetic opera, voiceover off. When you're blind and watching Welcome to Citizen White Cane, where once a week, every week, we are blind people, the genetic podcast. <laughs> My name is Kyle McLeod. I'm Melissa Buckta. Just really wanted to say genetic podcast. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so that's, <laughs> yes. Um, this this week we are talking about Repo! Exclamation point. The genetic opera. Oh, you know what? And I was totally going to say exclamation mark in um, my my thing. So thank oh. you for reminding me to, that, of the exclamation mark. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I should have... I was like, should I annotate this? <laughs> and I should have, apparently. Um, but yes, the exclama- exclamation mark is yes. important. It, um, it was uh, my turn to pick, and I couldn't, in good conscience, finish out our spooky movies without watching Repo. Yes, even though it is now November. It welcome is now, to the, yeah, welcome to November. The rest of Welcome to November. the hellscape that is November. Yes, so we have, we are recording this. We record all our episodes two weeks beforehand, so... Um, I guess the people listening live in a different world than we do currently, but just to let that be known that this week and next week will be recorded before the election. So, yeah, so we're we're just not going to say anything. I feel like I'm going to jinx it no matter what, but I figure <laughs> no matter what happened, the entire election was kind of a horror movie. Oh, so yeah, very much. This is thematic as well. Right. And now we're watching a movie about a dystopian America where... Uh, the healthcare system has gone awry, and murder is legal. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see much of a difference. Yeah, except for we don't have like a giant screen that's floating in the air. I mean, I don't know. I don't think we're too far away from that. No, I just think it looked <laughs> cool, and I wanted it, one. It did look really. cool, I mean, though. they they were very far away from my eyes, so I was like, I couldn't see anything on there. I could barely oh, see it in the movie. Yeah, and no, they cl- I do close up. I also so. couldn't see. Yeah, unless it was close up. Yeah, so yeah, our, let's see. I don't remember. I remember I was shown this movie in college. Oh wow! But I don't remember how I even found it. Uh, if a friend showed it to me, or if I stumbled upon it. 
Interesting. I probably saw the the trailers for it and thought, yeah, that could be really interesting. Considering I I'm not the biggest horror fan, and I mean this movie is it's a horror movie, but it's also an opera. It's so, very opera esque as it, well. It, extremely so. I mean, it follows beat for beat the plots of an opera, which I think is really cool in it in and of itself. But that is, uh, I don't know what the beats of an opera are, so you'll have to enlighten me. <laughs> I'm I'm not an opera expert, but my um, art music appreciation teacher's wife was uh, is an opera singer so he brought a lot of that into the class so we uh we talked a a fair amount about opera but yeah um how did you find it the first time you watched it because you said you'd seen it before as well yeah so i saw it when i was in high school um i was like a rocky horror kid so i had um friends kind of like we would do Rocky Horror in LA and there was it it was kind of like Repo was was kind of adjacent to that whole scene at the time I was like dating someone who like had done a project with one with um the narrator yeah, because this was he because this was his deal. He was trying to get it off the ground. Yeah, because it was uh, a stage show before it was a right. Film. It was a stage show. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so it was just kind of like in that scene of things. This would would have been like two thousand and ten, I think. So it was mm-hmm. a couple of years after it had come out, but they were still mm-hmm. doing like midnight movie right. showings of it. So right, because the film. Yeah, because the film was released in oh eight. Yeah, and um. I did see it at a showing, but because it was, like, not at a theater where I can, like, sit close enough to see, and maybe we were late and we weren't able to get, like, a close enough seat, I, like, don't think I saw any of it. Oh, no. Like, I mostly <laughs> just heard it. It was just one of those things where I had very little ability mm-hmm. to see what was going on. Um, I don't, and I also, like, couldn't see well enough to know, to remember if there was a shadow cast or not. Because um, I know we would go see lots of things with Shadowcast. Right, so. right. Um, but, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like there probably was, but I would just truly... I couldn't see the movie, so I couldn't even... Like, I, I knew there was a Shadowcast <laughs> or not at the time, but I just couldn't see it, so it just never really fully... I think clicked. this would pair really well with Rocky Horror. I mean, obviously, it's a midnight movie, no doubt. You know, no doubt about that. But I, I think this is a little bit more extreme than Rocky Horror. Uh, I don't think... I don't think it's yeah. it's not as easy to laugh at this as yeah. as it is to well, laugh at Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror is a little bit yeah, it's sillier and like it is more fun to to kind of enjoy the making fun of it as a movie. Whereas yeah, this doesn't. It feels like it gets enough things movie like done that it's not as fun to make fun of it as a movie and then also the subject matter is a lot more like uh just kind of I mean serious isn't really the right word but it's yeah. just like a little bit more like uh this is real too real right. in it, a lot it, of ways it walks it walks a really interesting line between being incredibly serious but also being extremely campy and yeah, it's very campy it's very it's very campy and it's it's horrifying but it's also kind of kind of funny and it's yeah weird and different and yeah it just it, it's it not checks all my boxes basically <laughs> i know i was watching this and i'm like yeah i see why melissa loves this movie <laughs> it's very theatrical that's yeah. that's the word i'm looking for is it's very theatrical you can tell a lot of this stuff was shot on a soundstage or stages yeah in general and i'm completely fine with that it that it this 
for me, this doesn't have to look a thousand percent real. It doesn't right. have to, yeah, because it's... It's definitely, it is, I thought it was kind of interesting. It's funny because I was like thinking a lot about the CGI. So this is the two of us. Um, is that I'm like <laughs> thinking about what they're green screening in CGI and you're like, oh, it's like a set. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, it is definitely, um, the CGI, like it's kind of like 2000, it's definitely 2008, it but looks, like... It looks like a video game. Yeah, it looks so, so much. much like a video game. Yeah. Like yeah. it does make me wonder like, if it, was it just filmed on like, a different frame rate or something like I don't know what it is but it looks so much like a video game it might just be stylistically like I was trying to figure out if it had something to do with like the style or the frame rate because I feel like frame rate we don't realize how much like you can the second you switch from 24 to 30 you go like you know you're going from watching a movie to a tv show like it's like our brains it's because people are like well frame rate sort of matters but it's like it doesn't like you can't really tell and i'm like you can tell you can always oh, you tell can the totally, frame rate. you can totally tell even even with us having different vi- you know visual acuity than each other is you you can, you can tell you can obviously tell actually you <laughs> should be the one who's the like um if you can tell like you're like the canary in the coal mine if you can tell <laughs> no wait that's probably not the right but like um because i am the i guess i'm the i don't know these are terrible metaphors but i with your peripheral vision you can tell movement so i'm mm-hmm. probably much more Mm-hmm. tuned to frame rate so if you can tell well, there's there's a really fun there's a really fun video on youtube that's going around and it's bits of the animated mulan and it's shot one you'll watch one scene that's shot in 24 uh, or yeah standard right. movie standard and then you'll watch the other scene the same scene but shot in 60 oh wow and it's insane do it's they like, so crazy <laughs> do they like add images or, or no no it's the just the same images but the frame rate's been sped up to 60 fps do they like so is it that it they speed up it so that two seconds so it's like half the move like the running time would then become no, half no, no, the no, movie no, no, no. it's it's not the whole movie it's just scenes the oh, video okay. is just a, co- a comparison of scenes it's like four or five scenes but it's like artificially made to be 60 because like it's not like because animation usually have like um cells where it's like right like I'm, as opposed to i'm not sure how they did it but it's really cool to watch that's interesting yeah it is it's cool like though i never really understood the hobbit stuff with all the really really high frame right rates and i watched very silly. i watched all three of those movies and i didn't get it so whatever yeah. mm-hmm. i mean well because it also like again makes it feel like a video game like because i do think that like the frame rates you can tell i'm watching a movie i'm watching a tv show i'm watching a video game <laughs> like the frame rate yeah. can really just changing in the frame rate can do all that it it definitely I saw definitely saw it more on this rewatch because uh, yeah. I was I was paying much more attention. But yeah, no, the whole well, in the theater might not be as jarring. Well, because depending on how they're know. like showing it, too. I, yeah, I mean, I I've never seen this in the theater. I've I've only seen it on DVD or you know whatever stream streamed at somebody's house or something. Yeah. So. But it is, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, because I've seen it. I haven't seen it in the theater. I've just been <laughs> in a theater where it's being played. It just happened to be playing. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> and everyone was facing the screen and watching it. I I had a radio show in college with a with another dear friend, and we would play, especially for Halloween, we would play songs from this soundtrack. Um, Legal Assassin was our favorite one. Yeah, to play this which this takes legal assassin takes place when it's near the beginning okay. it's right after you you see shiloh uh in her room for the very first time and and her father comes to comfort her right and so then, do we want to just do oh, like yeah. a little plot dive plot? in yes. dive in so yeah we meet uh we meet the grave robber grave robber our narrator who's right. telling us a little bit about this world 
uh, and and Gene Co and the people in it. Right. And then we meet uh, Shiloh, played by Alexa Vega. Yes. Uh, of Spy Kids fame. Right. <laughs> and also, even before we meet her, we find out that um, we could have set up the world that we were talking about a little bit before, right. where right. you have, like, Gene Co is the company that... I get they give you organs mm-hmm. that work, but then there's also like if you do not like if you don't pay off your organs, then they'll send the repo man after right. you who will reclaim their property. Yes. And usually in almost every case, you'll end up dead. <laughs> yeah. Which is also like I was that kind of bothered me because I was just like, sometimes they don't need to like, you know, if you got a heart transplant and you're repossessing the heart, then yes, they're probably going to die. <laughs> but if you're repossessing someone's eyes, you could just remove their eyes. Sure. Safely. Like they don't, they can still live. Yeah. Like there's absolutely. so many things they could still live if you repossess them like you don't need all of them like a kidney you could you know but you know that that also doesn't look as graphic or disgusting or cool on screen yeah as i mean but it's it's more psychologically disturbing (laughs) yes (laughs) well i was wondering how you were were dealing with this because i mean the repo man is terrifying he's yeah really creepy looking i mean i think his costume is really neat his uh doctor costume but he's this terrifying doctor yeah basically he is a surgeon that is just evil my opinions doctors (laughs) um no Mm. i mean it does but i mean he's he's also a very interesting character because um i mean especially rewatching it this time through anthony had anthony stewart had is basically playing this amazing jekyll and hyde battle between him and this persona that he has had to don yeah to do this job i mean he's he's the repo man yeah he is because he is the doting father of shiloh and the repo man who takes people's organs Mm -hmm. yeah i mean everyone in this world kind of has to it just seems like no one is living a very like happy life it's no. pretty dystopian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ex- extremely like, so. Yeah. Like, yeah. is it a movie? I'm always like, which character would I have the most fun being? Like, what <laughs> position are they in that seems like the most fun to be them? But then it's like, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't really want, want to live them. in this world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, my favorite character is is Sarah Brighton, aka Blind Mag. Yeah. I mean, she's the reason why we're talking about this. Yeah. Because there's movie. a blind character in this Yay. movie. Except yeah. for sort of a blind character. Sort of. They say mm-hmm. blind more than we see a blind person interacting with the world. Right. She kind of takes it on as her moniker. Yeah. Yes. It's a ba- blind mag. Because mm-hmm. it, it's an A, right? Yeah, mag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause blind it, mag. It, when you say quickly, it sounds like Meg, but it's Right, not. but it's mag. Yeah, yeah. blind mag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she used to be blind, has gotten corneal transplants, which was that the same that like our Blink woman got... I can't remember Yes now. and no, because also Mag's eyes are hologram projectors. Well, yeah, because she's got, it's not, her eyes don't just see. Well, I mean, I guess the, our Blink, what, whatever, her character, Emma, mm. also she saw some extra stuff, but it, it was time specific <laughs> things. Um, But yeah, she can do, so Blind Mag can do these, can do holograms. So do we see her do anything else with her eyes other than just, the Just the holograms, yeah. But mostly she is, she is the, known as the voice of Jean Co. And we, through, throughout, further throughout the film, we find out that she's basically a, a, a performing 
animal, essentially, because if she decides to leave, which she does, Jinko in her contract will come and claim her eyes. Right. Which which would be fine if they were going to take them out of her eye sockets and then keep her alive, but it's not fine in that, like, generally everyone dies for being I mean, repossessed. Right. Personally, I think Mag goes out like a badass because she goes out on her own terms. Well, no, she doesn't. She's murdered. Well... Okay, yeah. So one one part one part of her death though. The the <laughs> removal the removal of the eyes. You know, she well, says, that was she great. Says, I was like, this is great because she's removing her eyes so she doesn't have to die and then she instantly is murdered. Right. That's which that's made true. me mad. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just I mean like granted like at the end and this is is this an opera thing, everyone dies except for like Well, it's it I mean it, it depends on the opera, but dying in an opera is a is a very slow process. When I was when I was watching this with a friend, and so at, and we are majorly jumping around. But when I was watching this with a friend during um, during Shiloh's father's death scene on stage in yeah. an opera house, uh, she was just like, "Oh my god, just die already!" And I'm like, "No, no, no, you don't understand. We're watching an opera. It's going to take him twenty minutes, exactly twenty minutes to die, and it takes him exactly twenty minutes to die. Twenty minutes. So, <laughs> oh my gosh." Yeah, because you have to have the 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 death song and the aria and the the I love yous and I'm sorrys and well, however you want your story to I mean, play he out. Gets but shot in just is it in the head? He gets stabbed and shot in the chest, I believe. Oh, but then he like that is he probably would take even longer to die because you don't you bleed out. Isn't that the thing? Is if you actually get shot in the some you like you're likely to die, but it's like actually it's, it's a very a long, pretty and long process. process. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so but it's he like wasn't, actually he dies pretty quickly. Right, but I don't think he was shot in the stomach. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, but he does. But, I mean, yeah. he has one song with her. It is true that he. You're like, oh, it shouldn't he be dead <laughs> right now? So there is a little bit of that. That is correct. But I don't mind it necessarily because again, it's we're playing we're actually playing by opera rules yeah well and we don't we have just pretty much singing the whole time though i it is the whole time right Uh, almost almost the entire movie is sung there are a few scenes where people talk at at each other but pretty much even in the talking you can hear there's there's a bit of there's a bit of speak singing yeah yeah Yeah. it's interesting i mean i feel like they I don't know. I I don't know. The music is just it's not super cohesive. It's a rock opera. I mean it it's is. but yeah, no, the music is it will be very it'll be incredibly operatic and you know, with with the chorus, with the full chorus and everything and then and then the next number is uh like 17, which is which is a rock and roll punk like song. Yeah, there's like some some punk, some opera, some like like nine inch nailsy. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good comparison. Like Trent Reznor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. Also, fun fact: during the seven, the song seventeen, uh, when Shiloh is singing, the guitarist who comes in near the end is Joan Jett. She's oh, uncredited, yeah. but she's Joan Jett. Yeah. I yeah, I read that. Um, yeah, it's a. I mean, it's interesting because the movie also does have some like at least somewhat stars. I mean, it's not like. It's not a indie. It's not like you know Napoleon Dynamite, where it's like this weird indie movie that like got. Well, it's directed by the guy who did Saw. Yeah, like the first Saw movie. It really movie. does have a lot of like names in it. Yeah, I mean you have you have Paul Zarino as Rati Largo, who can sing. Oh my god, <laughs> that guy <Yes>. can sing. <laughs> it's amazing. 
Yeah. He's so great. And just he plays the perfect operatic villain. He knows exactly what movie he's in. I love him. I love he him in this very, movie. I think he's perfect. Yeah, he's he's good good casting for mm-hmm. that character, definitely. And then you have uh, Paris Hilton as Amber Sweet, who is amazing, yes. I love... Just, she's really great. She's so great. Every single scene she's in. Also, the fact that she doesn't get to finish her song is sad. I wanted to hear the rest of her song. I know, song. me too. <laughs> I mean, granted, it's really hard, you know, after your face flies off. She to, does, there's you know. a lot of faces. So much movie. faces. It did make me think... It was funny, because, like... One of the like, um, because there's kind of a succession subplot with like, yes, actually, yes, the three siblings vying mm -hmm. for, yeah, so we Amber, you have Amber, Pavi, and Luigi, and it's okay, so Luigi's the one with the taped on face. I can't remember. No, that's Pavi. Okay, Pavi's Louis, the one with the Luigi's, Luigi's the, an idiot. The, the, the he's psychopath. The, the muscle. The psycho. Yeah, he's the one who's always ripping his shirt. He just keeps and he keeps stabbing people yes. for like he truly likes, no reason. He likes to stab people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pavi. Pavi's <laughs> the one. Like, he's the man who craze. laughs almost because yes. he's got a permanent smile. Yes, and he he enjoys. Um, Taking other people's faces and wearing them. That's yeah. a thing. Which is kind of cool. I guess. He, I mean, as long as they don't need the face at the time. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, I, yeah, face, oh God, face, like reconstruction surgery is also, yeah, it's a, that's a whole thing that I think about sometimes. <laughs> I don't know how to think about it because I think that like, I feel like probably abled people need to get over themselves more than other people have to change but yeah I it's, mean that's a whole other that's, yeah that's a whole I mean in this <laughs> in this, in this movie in this movie everybody's getting plastic surgery because what what it, what happens is Jean Co is like we'll save you we'll give you the organs that you need to live and we'll throw in this makeover for free you can you can look any way that you want you right. can fix all of these things that it's you think are wrong with yourself such an LA thing like it's so obvious that it was written by people who live in LA like I'm just like like now being in Portland I'm like yeah that's just like a, a truly LA thing like that is not something that people think about all the time in other places because like when you're in LA that's a giant thing that like is like everyone gets like um, plastic surgery plastic surgery it's it's so and so much of the people who get plastic surgery live in LA. Like it's just like such a specific industry to LA. I feel like I don't know. Do you? Because you've not well, lived I, in LA. Do no, you think I that's wrong? I think you should throw maybe somewhere like Miami or Florida in there, because I know there's a lot of a lot of stuff that happens down there. But yeah. you know, I'm I'm from Alaska, so someone will maybe will get plastic surgery, but. No one really. Would. I don't. I don't really know anyone. I the only people. The only people I know who have had cosmetic surgery have had it for reasons, actual legitimate reasons, right? Not because they didn't like the way their nose looked in the mirror, right? Whereas like in LA, it's like seen as an obligatory thing. Like you, like it is more of a statement to not do it. Like that is the statement. Is like, you know, if you have a quote unquote undesirable, which usually is like specific to the ethnicity you are, which is why mm-hmm. it's super racist half the time. But like, you know, featured, then it's you are making a statement if you don't get it fixed. And it's really, it's kind of, it's gross. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it is really frustrating when it's like a beauty standard 
that stuff really pisses me off. But like when it is like weirder, like that's why I still think about having the like bizarre face thing. I was like, well, that like almost is like an art statement at that point. Like that almost feels more just like disfiguring and kind of makes it feel more like either that or he's just so so ashamed of his own face that he feels the need to wear other people's faces right but then like that is your face now Mm -hmm. so it is kind of like you've chosen that's what your face i mean like i don't know it's funny that you compare it to the man who laughs because there's also in the dc comics this isn't new and I don't think it's necessarily what they're doing now, but there was a time where Joker peeled his own face off and then wore it. That's so weird. So that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's yeah. really gross. But it's a thing that happened. Right. Well, they do have like the masks in Dark Knight. Sure. That's different yeah. though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's, yeah, it is like, it's just a weird, Um. it's an interesting trope, but I do think part of it is like, yeah, just because it is the plastic surgery industry is is really so. But he also Pavi also thinks he looks beautiful, right? In his mind, he looks absolutely gorgeous, and yet he's incredibly grotesque. Yeah, but that's but it's kind of also like the world around him. Sometimes it's sort of like seen as it's you don't really know if they agree or not i guess but like it's normalized right i mean nobody nobody ever calls him out on it it's just something that they that they do yeah yeah Yeah, but but you don't see anyone else wearing someone else's face either other than him oh yeah other other than him wait do you not let me think Eh, you might be right well because but also like paris hilton is getting different faces right because she's also addicted to surgery and the the like tranquilizer drug zydrate which like really predicted oxy i know that's another thing that floored me when i watched this i was like oh my god they're also commenting on the opiate crisis which like was it that was something i could have researched i didn't think to when did that like really start that's a good question um but in in the movie uh in the movie yeah it's all about this back alley zydrate that people are buying it's from, very opioid mm-hmm. specific, like or from not specific, dealers, but basically it's super similar because it's like also a tranquilizer and it's for people after they get surgery, which is like the exact same thing with mm-hmm. opioids. So it is like, and people are like, I got surgery and then I got, which makes me want. I'm like looking this up because or be, well, before they get surgery, they shoot the, they shoot up before they get surgery because right, it takes too. it takes the pain away. Right. It's but it's kind of yeah. It's like a tranquilizer but, for getting surgery. Right. And then you're but yeah. But you become addicted anyway. So yes, it is it is ex- a lot like the opioid crisis. Um, okay. By two thousand two, one in six drug users were being prescribed drugs more powerful than morphine. Right. What what had happened is it was just so easy to put all these people on these drugs because these drugs were so were being pushed by the pharmaceutical companies and they were so readily available. So just yeah. th- people just got put on these drugs and very powerful drugs and then people got addicted. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Increase between 2001 and 2010, the prescriptions of non-opioid pain relievers. Okay. So, I so, mean, I guess this was like kind of near the beginning of it. I mean, near the beginning of it becoming a more talked about issue. Like, because I feel like by maybe 2012, we were really talking about it. But that mm-hmm. this was four years before that. So... Um, so I think it was something that though was, um, like happening, it was still not necessarily as big as a news story as it would have 
been if this was made well because it was also they started making it years before and also the plot i think they had for many years before so like some of it could just some of it could be a little bit more coincidental if they were like had a night that was part of it they could have added it later on though i'm not sure but but yeah it is it wasn't when it it, it felt like it wasn't directly referencing it even though it was very much um, a very similar thing that people were getting addicted to these, basically. Yeah, I guess painkillers, well, they say you feel nothing. I mean, so it's kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah, it wasn't for recovering from surgery. It was like during the surgery. So it's kind of more like morphine, which I mean, I guess morphine was like something before that, like it probably was more commenting on that because that was like, that was before the opioid crisis. So I, maybe that's why, <laughs> you know, it was still because we had a similar thing. But yeah, now it's just a different form of a similar idea. So yeah, but anyway, they have, so they, they have that is part of it. And there's also like, I guess like the people doing sex work for drugs and to get to get surgery yeah. and surgery. Yeah. Right. Because the surgery is also addictive, which mm-hmm. is, is, has anyone ever done any science on that? I mean, maybe. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I have no that, idea I have if that's actually no addictive clue. or not. But I'm sure in L.A. someone's been like, hmm, wonder if this is addictive. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, yeah, so this kind of, we have plastic surgery, drugs, um, like sex work, and then also just like healthcare issues, like just general healthcare issues and like feeding off disabled people, I guess. Like, I mean, they do talk really frankly not frankly but like there is specific disabilities because sometimes things will like sort of allude to like sort of a disabled thing but then they're never or like it's magical somehow so it's like not actually a real disability at all you know it's just kind of a stand-in and then they don't have to really address disability whereas this they do talk about like the main character having a blood disease and then we also have blind mag the one thing that's a problem though is neither of them are really that they're both kind of not for different reasons Mm-hmm, right. Well, I mean, yeah. Blind, blind mag is can see, can can see. Was was blind, was can blind. see. Prepared to give up. You know, she's very, very much prepared and wants to give up her eyes because she wants. She's done being well, this she, by the end performer because, for these people. Right, because she's. It's kind of like if a sideshow was, especially um, uh, uh, what's the right word? Um, exploitative. Mm-hmm. That's what we see mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, because she has in the fine print on the contract, which fuck fine print because it's a mighty fine print. Um, <laughs> which like if she's blind, doesn't have to be that fine. I mean, all print is fine print to a blind person. <laughs> um, so that's why you need to read us things. And then you also, is there laws if someone like lies about what's on a contract you're signing? Can they like There be? must be. There you would think there be. is. I'm always surprised sometimes at what doesn't have laws you're like really i'm not protected from this <laughs> this is people can just do this shit? um but i'm not well, sure and we find out that shiloh's blood disease her supposed blood disease is her father poisoning her Which, like why i he don't wants- understand why we need to have munchizer by proxy all the time <laughs> like because that happens like for every disabled there's like he is a so- thousand disabled people for every yeah, case of I'm, this. and again i'm not trying to justify him doing it it's, it's obviously wrong that he's doing this but he's so terrified that he's going to lose her like he lost her mother because he thinks that he killed marnie and so he wants her to right. but stay, he didn't actually kill, forever. kill no, her either no. his the mom of uh Shiloh, Shiloh. who mm-hmm. is who died in childbirth, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No no no. Roti 
slipped uh, well, Nathan Nathan some poison and then Giles Giles yes um, Giles some poison and then uh, Giles well, they, Giles gave it to Marnie because Giles had invented um, the cure to the blood disease and it did work but then he gave it but then uh, what is his character's name again Rotti 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 Largo Rotti I can't Rotti. roll my eyes apparently <laughs> it's okay um, Rotti Rotti I'll just say because um, <laughs> I was can't roll my hours today um like has switched the cure with something that will kill her mm-hmm. so it's like and they uses the cure on Matt and then he's, to cure her eyes right and then he's gaslighting um nathan giles yes. <laughs> he's he's gaslighting him the entire time when uh to whenever he, nathan feels guilty or it's angry like, you about something your wife. exactly because roadie roadie um had dated the wife dated was in love with and was going to marry yes. Marnie and then Marnie met Nathan and left basically left Roti standing yeah. uh, alone so now he's a bitter old man an extremely bitter old Very man bitter. who's dying of cancer <laughs> yeah which also like it, what, why does he use the cure for like how does the cure work do we know also no, like we if don't know. Meg takes the cure it doesn't make any sense because she also has corneal implants right also the cure that he offers Shiloh I don't think is a physical thing I it's the, mental it's I think it's a mental thing because remember so at the at the very end when Nathan is dying basically and Shiloh has a medical emergency emergency Roti is like you have to fight it you have to fight through this you can do this you have to fight through it uh, because technically Shiloh doesn't need the meds that Which, they are poison it doesn't make this it makes no sense because like first of all blood diseases can definitely be genetic like that's not sure. that's totally a reasonable like explanation like if anything it would be weird it's weirder that she didn't just get it because it is she doesn't share the genes but with someone who that's had such an easy blood that, disorder yeah that's such an easy way for her dad to be like oh you're so sick because your mother had this blood disease and then it, she passed it on to you and now you're infected it's it's so easy and shiloh no doesn't know anything else so who's she going to believe well yeah i mean like no child has all children will just believe what the adults are saying no matter how wrong the adults are case in point um like you know that's that's just what it is so that you know of course and that you know i mean it just it felt so silly to me because i don't understand why we needed that for the plot because it makes more logical sense for her just to have the disease because again like far more often someone's just disabled and like they're being poisoned by their parent like it's it's just you should just assume they're disabled it's a lot easier because it's much more likely to happen and also like when that the few cases where it does happen like there's going to be signs that are not just like like you just don't have to look for them they will appear i mean those cases are horrible and i do actually kind of like i've heard interviews of people who've experienced that where they were poisoned by a parent mm-hmm. it's men- it's awful what is it? it did i say the right name it's yeah munchausen by munchausen proxy you got it by, well, yeah that mm-hmm. it, it is like it does kind of i do really relate to the kids because i'm like oh yeah it's like the adults are just telling you the wrong thing like the whole time and you were just well, like like it's a very i'm like oh that's kind of like my childhood yeah, <laughs> even I if mean, i was the opposite <laughs> i see i see a lot of me in shiloh and a lot of my parents in nathan and seeing shiloh at the end have to fight through it have to fight to move on basically with her life is something I have had to do. And I've spent years 
trying to do it well, when you're like, when you live in a in a little you know bubble right well and also like it's funny because i i actually related to shiloh less than when i've actually heard interviews of people who were lied to because it's like afterwards when they are like realizing they're not sick i was like it's a very similar process to like because i just did it and we're in the other way around of just like doctors not believing me and you know so that kind of yeah, but it's it's the same thing in that you're you were told your world was not the way it was. Like you were just completely given a lie to live <laughs> until you got to be an adult. But I did never get that like sheltered thing because of it. So like I actually relate more to when I hear interviews of the real people that have been through what the <laughs> character I've been through. Um like because that that rings more true to me. Or not rings more true, it just is more closer to my experience. But um but yeah, like the sheltered, I did see that as like a terrible thing that parents do to disabled people <laughs> of like, yeah, of sheltering them and just like not knowing how to deal. Well, and that that and being helicopter parents, too. Yeah. Helicopter parents are the worst. Yeah. Children, be, childhood is a time to fuck up and learn in a safe environment. Get messy. Yeah. Take chances. Yeah. yeah, fucking I, up in a safe environment is the best way to raise children. That's what you want. Your that's ideal. <laughs> Although I did very much enjoy the scene where Shiloh, uh, his, where her dad calls her to to see if she's taking her meds, and she's at the carnival. She's like, "Yeah, I'm good, Dad. My window's open. No worries. What are you doing?" And he's, he's dismembering this someone. guy and ripping his spine out. Oh, nothing. Just at the doctor's. And this the the guy is screaming bloody murder. Just, just like, the patient. Oh, the Don't patient. worry about it. I. I'm a sucker for juxtaposition. I, I love that stuff. But yeah, yeah it's, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's um, uh, very silly. Just like, I mean, they do sometimes have holograms, right? Mm-hmm. That they're talking to each other. So I guess, do they in that scene? No, I think it's just voice. Well, that's convenient. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I think she's wearing like an Apple watch. Yeah. They yeah, predict yeah. an Apple watch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and, and a watch that yells at her to take her meds. Yeah, that's definitely. That's like a thing now. Mm-hmm. It is very funny. I mean, that I kind of I do like like biotech futuristic stuff. I always find that really fascinating. I mean, it is super dystopian, so I feel like it's not the tech is is kind of world building in the oh, background, yeah. but Dy- none of dystopian, it is like part dy- of dystopian the plot. with a capital D. <laughs> what was your uh, What was your favorite song though? I so. These songs are super weird and disjointed and and very very different together. and they do yeah they do kind of all blend together but I've I've been living with this soundtrack for quite some time so I very much enjoy it but yeah what what uh, do you remember one that you liked um I yeah they do kind of all bleed a little bit into each other um so it is hard for me to like pick out ones I kind of like the there's like there's like this weird dissonant like thing with blind mag that will just happen and it's just like randomly in the movie that they'll just be like the dissonant like it's just a certain like chord i just i i love like weird dissonant repetitive Mm -hmm. Musical yes. and there and there are some there is definitely some of that in here i mean my so the best song in the movie arguably is zydrate uh because it's just it's the best song it's it's the most song it's, song it's the most songy song yeah. yeah but my favorite song is actually the one that blind mag sings to shiloh 
Chase the oh, Morning. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I really like that song. Uh, that and uh, Sarah Brighton's actual opera uh, aria yeah. that she sings, uh, Chromagia. Yeah, that's when they're in a real opera. Mm-hmm. Right before. before. Right before she bites it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, she's yeah, because she gets. We didn't say that she gets impaled. It's horrible. I right, hate it. she, I hate when anyone stabs, gets impaled. She stabs her eyes out, which is hard for me to watch. Oh, and then right. she gets impaled. Oh my god, it is the worst combo. It is impaling, the worst combo. Impaling for the two of us because impaling is my number one. I hate it more than really? anything else. Okay, eyes do not bother me, but impaling no, I does. <laughs> I every single and I know and I know it's coming. I've seen this movie so many times. I know it, when exactly when it's going to happen, and I still. have have to look away. where i was just like rip your eyes out do it do it please oh do it please God. do it you don't have to die you can do it yourself it's just, i love it <laughs> so i was like yes i love it so much it is the ultimate like fuck you i was like seriously i was just like rip your eyes out do it do it so i was very excited and i was like yes and super heavy and then i was like the worst and, buzz kill because i hate him being impaled and so much she gets impaled because it's just so horrifying i mean like i am afraid of heights so i don't know like and falling is just like a nightmare but then like to get, it's just it is the most gruesome and i just i hate it is my eyes <laughs> being pulled out because watching eyes being pulled out does not bother me at all but being impaled it just i hate it it's the most horrifying thing i don't ever wanted to happen so i was so mad i mean i love i love what she says right before she does it take these eyes from me i would rather be blind yeah then she fucking stabs her eyes out which is like Uh. so cool and so it was just it made me so furious because like why does she have to die like there's no reason and she's shiloh's godmom so she could have helped yeah. Shiloh she could have told right, her about Shiloh's her mother there, like has no one right because everyone dies in the end yeah, basically I mean it's an opera but yeah yeah or a tragedy I should say I a guess, tragic yeah. opera it is I mean Rotti dies his, yeah. his cancer uh was very slow toward the beginning and, then at the, and then by the end of the movie up. he's just <laughs> yeah and he's coughing so you know that anyone coughing in a movie is gonna no, die he has the most like fucking cliche ass cough it's like the most cliche i'm it's dying a, it's a bad it's a bad cough though Oof, it hurts yeah, but to it's listen like, to as like yeah i mean i don't know i like my mom has had a chronic cough like my entire life and so i'm like so just because you're coughing doesn't mean you're gonna die like it just seems <laughs> always dumb to me because i'm like a lot of people live very long lives where they have a very they, they have a chronic cough for you know decades and decades it's right, not like right. it doesn't mean you're gonna die right. tomorrow it the, always seems silly to me it's the it's the joke it's the the movie it's the movie joke yeah oh they coughed they're gonna die right yeah. and it's like a but you're right that it's a certain kind of cough that's mm-hmm. like a weird kind of chronic cough thing that's like yeah i'm dying but it is so <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> but you still didn't answer well you okay oh, you, yeah. you talk, well you talked about the dissonance but yeah what was i like that what was your yeah i kind of yeah. like i like the repetitiveness so i guess partly because I haven't seen it as many times. Mm. They all kind of bleed together. So I was like, oh, this is a thing that keeps happening. And it kind of grounds me when it happens. Fav- um, mm, yeah. Fav- I mean, I don't know. I really like, it really does kind of all blend together. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, because I was trying to think of that. And just nothing really stood out enough to really say a, a good one. Because I was like, oh, I want to figure out what my favorite song is. And then I just didn't. <laughs> Well, my favorite line, one oh. of my, one of my favorite lines, because it, it's it's in, it's in the song "Night Surgeon," which I actually wasn't my favorite. And then after rewatching this, I was like, you know, I actually really like that song. But um, my favorite line, I think, comes from Luigi of all people, and he says, um, 
uh, he'll do your ass like dishes. <laughs> I missed that. So stupid. No, they actually, Luigi and Pavi have some really great lines in the song because Pavi says, um, he'll paint your ass like a Rembrandt. You'll like that. (laughs) Oh, wait, maybe I did actually enjoy that. I think I did laugh at that. It's so dumb. Yeah. This is bad that I care. I watched it last night and I feel like I shouldn't have a podcast because I did. I was like, oh, that's really funny. I like that. And now I just totally (laughs) forgot in the like 12 hours since I saw the movie again. Oh, now now I feel dumb. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It does. It. I think it is like... Because it's like 30, an hour 37, which yeah. for like yeah. all of this, that there is nonstop music and then it is such a like weird plot. Like, because I guess they do a lot of wor- they have to do a lot of world building. But if you like, it really doesn't feel like a lot happens, though. It's kind of weird. Well, but it's also there's also all of the um, comic book flashbacks and yeah, and things. Which why? Why do we have to have it in like um Oh, my dad's going to kill me. What is it called? Uh, the little captions. That, is that oh, what they Text called? boxes? Yeah. So the text boxes are really annoying because um, they do not have a narration. It's just words. And we just have to be able to read them. Some of, some of them I could read. The big ones. Some of them I can't. Even having seen this movie a bunch of times, I still don't have those things memorized. Right. Because there's like a bunch of details. And like... It the, it's the movie starts out that way, like before anyone says anything. So I was like, okay, like kind of still in the I'm starting the movie. You need to get focused mode. And then I was like, oh god, and I had to like actually go back because I was like, oh no, now I have to like <laughs> really pay attention right off the bat. <laughs> but like in a way that's like not easy. Like you, I do have to pause it and like mm-hmm. actually change how I'm viewing it from the rest of the movie. Yeah, I mean, visually, they're they're fairly interesting, but... I mean, sort of. It seems like kind of a cheat to me because it's just like you're showing panels and they're not even that detailed panels. I guess no. you have to do the illustrations, but it just still feels like you're just like... It seems like you're just low-budgety, you know, that's, cost-saving That's exactly the, the vibe I got. I was like, the comics are here because they don't... They didn't have enough budget to shoot all of this. They're or, like each like seven panels and it's just one panel on the screen and they'll have like a sentence of text in the text box and it's just like and it's weird because there's not it doesn't make any sense like I mean I don't I, I guess like comics are what like I don't know like it doesn't like there's nothing specific to the world it's not like they're evoking a certain kind of thing right I mean maybe but like I mean, operas don't really work as well in comics. Well, seems not very. No, I I get I get what you mean. I mean the co- the comic book aesthetic adds nothing to the world and doesn't really. They're not really commenting on anything. It's it's comparing that to the comic book from Watchmen. That right. that story is comparable to the story that's being told, and that comic is threaded throughout the the actual comic book. Right. Well, and it's like based on a comic like because this is not based on a comic book at all. No, it's an opera. Yeah. You can't base it's just <laughs> they're just very incompatible <laughs> for. Well, I don't know, but yeah. I mean, I don't. How do you do an opera in a comic? I mean, you can like write the lyrics, but it just feels like writing the lyrics is kind of you know just it's just not the right form to be doing an opera <laughs> it just seems like a missed opportunity for both an opera and a comic <laughs> um but yeah but it and then they kind of just have to like stop do they even sing during those 
parts? There are some sound effects. Right, but they're not like, because they can't sing, it would be distracting. Because <laughs> you're trying, you have to read stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's, I don't know. There was, I, yeah, whatever. It's, I guess they had to like save money, but it just, it's, it, it's dumb. I don't like it. <laughs> Boo. Um, yeah, no, not a not a fan, not a huge fan. Yeah, and when it's in the theater, I, I just didn't know anyone's backs. Well, I really, truly, I don't think I was able to see anything going on oh. at all uh, when I saw it originally. I mean, it is hard. Like watching it, I was like, I did have to get way closer to the screen than I do generally it's, for it's movies. It's a very, it's a very dark movie in tone and subject matter, but also just in cinematography in general. Everything yeah. is dark. Yeah, it's dark and it's also like they don't have a lot of like close up. It's very no. hard to like know where you are. Like as a someone who can't see details at all, it's like way more focused on it's, the stuff I can't see than the very, stuff I can. Right. It's very dark and everyone is wearing black. Yeah. Everyone is wearing well, the, black. The dark does it. I mean, the dark is a problem sometimes, definitely. But it's also like they just never get close to anyone, too. So it's just like, for me, I'm just like, I have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, oh, look at our cool sets. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know what's going on now. <laughs> like, you're way too far. It's way too I long. Think the only, yeah, I think the only one. Th- I mean, there are close up shots, but yeah, nothing. Just like nothing you know. super long. Yeah, it's a lot Nothing of, like, lingers. they're very proud of some of the sets they made, I think. So they, like, really want to show them yeah, off. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool sets. Which I mean, is fine when whole... I just can't see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's these little weird details, like, like Shiloh and Nathan's house is very Victorian, very gothic. And they have the, the paintings on the walls are the, always the things that get me. It's just those little touches. I love that they're these weird... TV hologram things remind it made me think so much like I was in the Museum of Jurassic Technology in LA, um, which is very LA specific. (laughs) One I'm gonna like bring up all these LA specifics, um, but (laughs) it's like the third one I've done so far. Um, But yeah, it is um, in the the Museum of Jurassic Technology. There's like rooms that look exactly like that. So I was like, oh, Oh, that's fantastic. I but, wonder. I wonder if they shot there. I don't think so necessarily, mm. but because um, I wonder if they were CGI. But there is definitely they have very similar kinds of displays. So it's just really, and it does the museum. We in my family just called the museum. Um, so <laughs> they, um, it's like it's dark and like there's all these weird. It, I mean, it has a, in some ways a similar vibe to the mm-hmm. movie. It's mm-hmm. it's a little less. Um, it's definitely the museum is a lot less campy than the movie. It's it's a little bit more like um, just weird, understated kind of <laughs> um, bizarreness. But um, yeah, that's that reminded me of that. So all my LA heads um, <laughs> will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, but anyway, that's the. It's kind of. I mean, I like the the futuristic stuff. Is kind of cool. I do like, and I like the kind of like Shanghai screens. What city does this take place in? It's never yeah. Sad. So I was trying to figure it out, and when we pan into the city in the very opening shot, we go across a bridge, and at first I was like, "Oh, that's the Brooklyn Bridge." So it's this obviously takes place in New York, and then I really thought about it again because the bridge is very long, and I think it might be San Francisco. Oh, okay. because the city is on an island, basically, or well, at yeah, least what we what we see of it the is an island, and there's this long, long, long bridge. So I'm thinking it, it's either the Brooklyn Maybe? Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, it's like 
It doesn't. It feels a lot like it's in Shanghai, <laughs> <laughs> and it could very well. I be. mean, it's isn't it in America? Isn't it take? Doesn't it take place in America? Yes, canon wise. Because I don't think they say yeah. where no, in America, but no, they do but say America. I think you can assume that it takes place in America. I thought they might have said it because we technically can't i mean it technically could take place wherever everyone is speaking mostly with like american accents even mm-hmm. though a lot of the actors are not american so mm-hmm. it makes you think that i guess that's why it seems like it's in america well and it's funny how they they made sure to emphasize the the fact that they uh, because of the of the largo family that they've kind of gone back to this like italian renaissance carnival entertainment oh, yeah. type stuff i Which just is... thought that was interesting yeah it is dystopians are it's always interesting what people pick apart to to accentuate in a dystopian future, you know? <laughs> I mean, I like, though, I do, I think, like, because I'm, I'm sometimes picky about my dystopias. Like, I want it to be something that even, because, I mean, generally, I do think things get better over time. So I don't really think that we're going to wind up in a dystopian future at all. But I want ones that feel a little bit more likely than others. Like, I like ones that I can see being more realistic in some way and i actually thought this one didn't do a bad job of that because first of all we're in the future mm-hmm. like so it is it's not like c where you're like how is this the future the, the society right, is broken right. down this yeah. just seems like the past i think the i think the world building is pretty exceptional for this actually yeah. i don't have a lot of questions of like why is how does this work yeah, it is i don't really understand good. it's yeah and they they did it in such a short amount of time yeah, I mean, and it's, it is, uh, it's a decent, it is a decent job. I, sci-fi is hard to, like, do, and it does feel, you know, and also I'm just like, yeah, other than the fact that they do have to kill people, which does bother me when they take repossess their organs, I'm like... It's, it's supposed to bother you. If it didn't bother you, you don't have a soul. Well, no, but it bothers <laughs> me logically, not, no, not morally, logically. Oh, okay. Oh. Because I think it's more logical to have them not die. Because there's just there's no need for them to die. So why would that happen? Decrease like, the human population surplus? I don't know. I mean, in a real dystopian, it would be that they would be taking their organs without necessarily killing them. I mean, like, maybe like people would accidentally die in surgery like they would now, you know. But, like, if you have surgery, they can repossess their organs. Like, that just makes it more logical as a dystopian world. And I would buy into it more. Whereas this, I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense this would never happen (laughs) and you lose me once I'm like well I don't know that would never happen (laughs) um but yeah like they just didn't need to die and also like Blind Mag just could have had her eyes taken away, like, and that would have sure. been fine. She would have yeah. been fine. Yeah. Like, she, she, she lived a blind life. Mm-hmm. Probably was stressful to have eyes, as mm-hmm. we know from mm-hmm. at first sight. Um, <laughs> getting her eye vision back is not fun, so she should have been fine, like losing her eyes. Um, but the fact that she also had to die, like, I don't know. And does it say something? It's weird. This the gender politics in this movie are kind of all over the place. I feel like. I don't know. Hmm. I just like. I, I mean, do you have any initial I mean, thoughts? E- I I suppose so. In 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 saying that the men are at the top, and it is the men who do all of this work. Well, and there's like there's a lot of um, subjugating the female characters in a mm-hmm. way that's like excessive, <laughs> and seems like they don't have a lot of power, like. You know, it's not, and they, they're not super able to reclaim the power at any time. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, Amber, Amber tries and Amber actually, Amber, I think, and Shiloh succeed uh, as far as taking back their power. We don't really know, though, what happens to Shiloh No, Shiloh, Shiloh, absolutely, she does what she needs to do with the genetic opera and then she disappears. Yeah, I mean, like, basically what she does is survive the movie and that's basically (laughs) it. Like, we have no content, like, for all we know, you know... She gets hit by a car on the way home and died. You know, like, we really just have no context to what she does. And it could be that because she's been sheltered her entire life, she's 17 years old now, an orphan, that she struggles, you know, which seems reasonable to assume that that would not be the easiest thing um, to adapt to, to now having no parents and having lived a very, like, repressed and sheltered childhood and then, like, having no, probably no schooling, no anything, like, and you already live in a dystopian world, <laughs> Like, it just, it doesn't seem like a good, any, like, any surrogate parental figures were, you know, like, Blind Mag could have been now dead, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She didn't seem, it didn't seem like a happy ending to me. I was like, she's just no, gonna no. struggle a lot, and she needs more intervention to, like, actually have a oh, chance yeah. in the world. No, 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 no. I, I never see it as a, as a happy ending, but in a way, she did, you know, she has, she has power and agency. Well, does she, though? Mm. Other than surviving? Like, it just seems like all no. she does is survive. Yeah. I mean, which dying is the ultimate uh, uh, oppressed, oppressed, mo- God, I don't know the right word, but, like, active oppression, I guess, is the right word. Um, it's just killing someone. Um, so mm. that's good that she doesn't get killed, but it does feel um, like that's about it. I mean, yeah. Unless I'm forgetting about something. No, no, I don't. I don't think you're forgetting about anything. Hmm. And then Paris Hilton is kind of the, you know, the the classic of the succession, and you know, she's the the woman who gets promoted because of like she's a woman, right? But right. she's already like born into privilege in a very extreme way, and so it's not. It doesn't feel like a victory necessarily. It's like she has all the other privileges, so. And then she's just able to kind of, it's always by circumstance. It's like not even really a thing that she did at all. She's just by circumstance because right, the, right. the, you know, one to carry on the tradition. And actually why I never, is it just because the other, her brothers are so fucking incompetent? I would assume so. <laughs> like, yeah. Because yeah. they're just like, just can't well, also humans. Also narratively, it would have been, it would have sucked. It would have felt kind of like a slap in the face if the company had gone to, you know, Luigi or Pavi. I mean, give it, give it to yeah, Amber. <laughs> I guess that's true. I mean, it's the most reasonable. It's def- but I mean, it's not gonna have a happy ending. So there are there are happier endings, but this didn't have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. So you know, because if Blind Mag or yeah, like they, because in the end they like change the you know the way the companies run, mm-hmm. but it's like you know, like what is. Lipstick on a pig. I don't know. That's probably sexist. So, I don't know. Um, mm. but yeah, it's just like they they make it seem like that's changed, but it seems like all the same power dynamics as before. It's it's kind of like um, uh, it's like when um companies start being like we're feminists, and it's like no, you're a company, <laughs> you're for profit company. You're not a feminist. 
<laughs> but it, it kind of sort of feels like that um, in the end. So yeah, yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's a it's a very depressing ending. But mm-hmm. like it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like all the female characters don't. They're just depressed and they never really get that upper mm-hmm. hand. Like mm-hmm. they're just like in the end, Paris Hilton. What does she do? She gets like a man to die, and then like it's her dad, and so he gives her the company, and she's like the victor in the movie. <laughs> and she loses her face. Right. Oh yeah. She. She has a lot of faces, and does she end with no face? Is that how it happens? No, no, no. she has a face in the in the very end. Yeah, but no, it, but on stage, on at, the, stage at the genetic opera, yeah, she just she her surgery was botched or something went wrong or uh, I don't know. But because before she's singing, you see her fiddling with her face because it's not right. staying on, and then she goes to do this like dramatic twirl or whatever, and it just pops right off and flies <laughs> flies toward Which, the crowd it really is so small when that happens that i truly was like why is the music stopping? what's going on like it took a really long time <laughs> yeah. i think it and wasn't she, until like someone yeah. says her face right, is gone and I was right. like, oh she oh, looks okay. at the camera and she has no face <laughs> yeah i think there is yeah there's like a close-up but it's like way later on mm-hmm. so it was like a very long time where i was like i don't understand what's going on why did she just stop like mm-hmm. why are people freaked out by her like what is happening i like truly was so confused until you get a, a near the end of the scene there's a or like it's been a good like 30 seconds of people being like what and i'm like i what why isn't she singing <laughs> yeah so yeah but this movie it's it loves a good uh wide shots <laughs> oh most definitely yeah loads of loads of wide shots it's just kind of like hey sky do you want to see what's going on oh, no you don't no, no. <laughs> it's okay this time it was easier than the first time i saw where i truly had no idea what happened at all i like i remember like walking out and be like what even happened in that movie i'm like truly <laughs> do so not confused <laughs> yeah yeah no i i brought this over to show my cousin um who was oh boy I think still in high school at the time or whatever. And her folks are at the time were very, um, uh, you know, they, they controlled, they controlled a lot of what she watched or whatever. So I brought, I brought that over and was like, you have to watch this. It's messed up. And she did, but she didn't watch it with me. Oh, I ended up having to leave. So she watched it on her own. What? Oh, like not because she was watching. It, right, right. right. And she <laughs> she kind of had the same reaction. What what did I what did I just watch? <laughs> Whereas I that was, was just, a thing. <laughs> I was instead of being because of the content, I was just truly like we didn't sit close enough for me to have any context of what was happening, <laughs> which sadly was not an uncommon feeling for mm-hmm. me. Like if I couldn't sit in the front row, I just didn't know what happened. And like right, if I was right. watching a movie with at a friend's house, I just didn't get to know or like at school, I just never got to know what was actually going on at all so there are so many movies that i've heard and don't really know what happened because mm-hmm. it was just just hearing them was just not enough to understand what's going on and so it's really infuriating because a lot of them i was like i didn't even like them that much <laughs> to see them again but now i've like half seen a billion things but yeah because all the time people would just have screens that were just so far away that i there was no way i was gonna see any like that it was just nothing and then also like because i have adhd when the screen is too small i'm not mm-hmm. getting any visual information i also can't process the audio enough because my focus is being oh. way too i just have not focus have enough to focus on so i'm like also don't even get to really it's not like i'm just hearing it because my brain can't do that like it's it gets mad at me so um what happens is i will just hear something but i also won't be able to pay attention to what i'm hearing and my brain will just be like going all over the place and like stressing me out because i just have anxiety around that because it's like reminds me of being a kid and feeling scared when i just had no idea what was happening and everyone else around me did 
so yeah that's my weird trauma um but <laughs> but because of that I didn't start um I don't know until maybe like college being like if we're gonna watch something then either I see it or we don't watch something right right exactly <laughs> like exactly which I really wish I could have done from the age four and up because that would have been great but eh, I don't know I started when I was like 20 I think and also when I started a lot of people were like well fuck you I'm still gonna watch this thing so apparently it's also not easy to do once you decide to do it but I don't know I have better friends now and also I just set those boundaries very distinctly well I must say that I am grateful that this movie features a cast that uh, all of them can pretty much sing or at least they're passable yeah it's they not all of them can lip sync no they mostly can't. <laughs> Paris Hilton, I thought, did the best job of lip syncing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of them don't really know how to lip sync that well. Yeah, yeah. well, lip syncing, lip syncing is hard. Yeah, it's, it's an art. It is. Um, but yeah, it is funny because like one of the few close-ups, like at the beginning, there's like a few. One of the few times you actually get to have a close-up on Hold's face, and he's lip syncing and doing a very bad job. And so you're like, well, now I get to just know how bad which, you're lip syncing. Which, which person? Which person was that? Um, uh, the narrator. What's his name? Um, oh, the grave robber. Yeah, the grave robber. Because mm-hmm. he, yeah, just, just it's just not in sync, and it's very funny because it's one of the few close-ups in the movie. Um, <laughs> But yeah, though luckily for the rest of the bad lip syncing, I can barely see it. So there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. What say we? What say we rate this puppy? Yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go first? Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm coming at this with extreme bias. <laughs> I adore this movie. I adore it for its flaws. I adore it for its its um, goodness, its shortcomings, its somewhat somewhat failures. I. I love it. I love it. I love the music. I love the soundtrack. I'm still singing these songs every now and again. And I, it's something I look forward to watching uh, almost every year for Halloween. Uh, I, I really like Blind Mag as a character. Yeah. I, oh, my God. I want to cosplay as her so bad. I think oh, that would yeah. be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, so all of that being said, I'm going to give this uh, – I'm going to give this a, a 2100. Oh, wow. Just for, like, the quality of the movie. Pretty much. Like I said, super biased. I don't <laughs> I don't think it's right to go up the scale any higher. But I don't... I also don't want to give it... You know, I think a 2020 and lower is too low. Because I think this movie deserves to be recognized. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I, I just... I love it. It's just fun. It's just a lot of fun. Well... I'm sorry, because I'm giving it a 2019. That's okay. That's okay. It's, I totally get it. I mean, granted, I'm just reading it for the blindness of it. So <laughs> yeah. So we are kind of grading on different rubrics a little bit, um, because I think that it is, I think, you know, as you were saying before, I think the world building is it's pretty impressive for this. I think, you know, the music... I kind of, I mean, even though it is all over the place, it is kind of cool because it's like a lot of, they play around with a lot of different kind of musical genres and tropes and things and then it is all sung and and it's a pretty, like for the, what it's trying to do, it's on a low budget, like, you know, and I think it's, and it's a good cult classic film and, you know, I think it, it, it kind of, yeah, it does a good job in a lot of things that it didn't have to do a good job at. Um, I... I do think that like it is 
as disability goes, it's like I think it might be slightly better than for the blindness. I think just as like what it says or how it represents blindness is just completely lacking and it is like kind of sad that the most blind thing about the movie is they say the word blind a lot and that's about <laughs> it um and i did like because you know we we always poo poo at tropes of like blind people getting their vision back but we don't go to see we the one thing we see a blind mag as a blind person is in one panel of the comic mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and that's it and i saw her cane i was like oh i want to see this part right right <laughs> uh, yeah i did i did it. notice her cane this this time and i'm like oh my god yes <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it was like oh yeah blind person um but that's it and then she can see and she can like super see the whole mm-hmm. you know kind of like a daredevil thing sort of but like it's not she's right. even less right. blind because she truly can see everything she can yeah so i think that that is um is frustrating and also that she had to die like mm-hmm. when she didn't first of all she didn't even need to get her eyes back but then for her to have to die and that like it was worth getting I mean, it's kind of like the conflating, like, oh, if she were to go blind again, she might as well be dead. Like, that the movie is kind of saying that as much as, like, even if the character doesn't, you know, says otherwise, it is this kind of, like, plot. The, you know, the hand of God in the movie is kind of saying, well, you know, it's all the same, blindness or death, like, you know, which I guess is part of the reason why it pisses me off that they have to die, because it's just like, no, you can, like, remove her eyes and she can survive that, and, like, that's not the worst punishment. But that's not really what the movie's trying to say. I do hate um, healthcare in America, and I think there's a lot of problematic things, and that it does, like, disproportionately fuck over, like, poor people um so that is kind of also what the movie is saying um and so i'm all for that (laughs) like i think that's a good good theme but as for actually representing blind people um and disability in general because they don't actually represent any real disabled people so even if they say it and it's in name only so i wish there was more actual disabled characters that we get to see disabled um because they all the ones that are truly disabled are dead or no longer disabled for the entire movie um so yeah um um, so so that's that's it but I do I it was it was a lot of fun to watch it's definitely I mean it's like I know it got panned by critics um, oh, which like panned completely panned which is fine because it isn't meant that's it's it is meant to be a dumb campy you know midnight movie thing and I think it was done intentionally that way and so it's kind of a different <laughs> just a genre that doesn't doesn't really overlap with critical claim, um, which is fine. Um, and I, you know, I think I'm grading it as a movie on what it's trying to be. And I think it does a great job of doing what it's trying to be. Yeah, yeah. It's just where it's like the critics being wanting it to be like a critically acclaimed movie and then not liking it. I'm like, I want you to be a disabled friendly movie and then not liking it. But what it is trying to do, it does. And so I'll give it that. And I appreciate that about a movie. Um, But yeah, so that's our rating. Gotta feel like this is one of the bigger um, differences that we've had. Yeah, but I like yeah. it. It's cool. That's all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's your week next week. Yes, it is my week next week. Yes. Um, and so we've done a bunch of uh, horror movies. Um, so I think it is time for like some. I 
kind of indie South Korean romance. Ooh, all right. <laughs> you do. Okay. I was just like, what can I find that's like as different as possible and um, not a documentary because I was just not in the, just not feel a documentary right now. So yeah, so it is called Always um, and it is a South Korean film. It's streaming on Amazon Prime, um, but with subtitles, so we'll see how okay. good the subtitles are. So that will be part of our uh, adventure this week so I hope that's not too much of a burden <laughs> nah I think it'll, okay. be kind of, it'll be fine and the film is called Always Always, Always. yeah Always. we're really trying to get as much of the easier to remember names we had <laughs> the lobster blink beyond freaks <laughs> Always just lots of one words um, so yeah so that is uh, next week um, it will be the because so, this is the end of our, our horror Right, our horror fest. Yeah, <laughs> and depending on who's president at this point in a few months, then we may just have another four years of horror. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? We don't. We don't. We, <laughs> we certainly don't certainly know. Don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so then the last thing is um, our blind asides. Um, I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. Um, so I am picking the... HBO show that I think we're both watching, um, The Vow. Aha. Uh-huh. Because we have to have all our cult content. Um, gotta love those cults. P- PCC, <laughs> premium cult content. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it is um, a HBO docuseries uh, about the Nexium cult and. Um, I already had like listened to a whole podcast series about. Um, with like a, some of the people who are like the main people were following in the documentary were also the ones who were following in the podcast. But um, but I do I find it really fascinating because it's like a newer cult. So you have people who were like a lot of the people they're talking to were like they're th- near the beginning and there's a lot of like you can kind of like there isn't as many people who've died since the you know so it's just kind of all very um new and so you're getting people who like weren't born into it but joined and I always find that really fascinating of like what makes people want to start like what what lures people in in a way and then also like how they decide like when they decide to get out I find both those things really fascinating what has surprised me most about the show is just all of this footage that Mark has taped I mean it's just hours and hours and hours and it's all of this inside some of it really intimate things and it's just Flabber, yeah. it's amazing that we get to watch this right because the one of the main kind of i guess technically subjects of the documentary is uh what is his last name oh god i don't I remember, remember. I, but his i just call him i usually just refer to him as director mark but yeah yeah mark. but he like did what the bleep do you yeah, know yeah like, um in the day and had like done was like doing a lot of um documentary coverage with that like Keith Ranieri the Mm -hmm. Mm co-leader guy um, was like making him do at different times and like and yeah so they just have so much footage and it is so cool to like get to really you know see within side because that's yeah it is so uncommon that you would have like just really the footage of like it happening um is always so so cool when you can have both combination of also like the same people when they were in the cold and when they were out of the cold and like and um yeah but it it's what I love about cold content is it is usually like kind of um 
from the perspective of like the survivors and so I really just love to get to hear actual survivors telling their story um that's my favorite kind of true crime because that it feels less like exploitative or like voyeuristic like it feels like because it's also like I think it can be really therapeutic for people to like be like this is what happened to me and like put it out there and so I appreciate Mm -hmm. getting to like watch that and uh, though it can be like a really hard process I think sometimes being able to like you know especially when you first left like being able to have it all on the table can be a healing way and then you hope they get some like self-care and like get to do other stuff with their <laughs> life after that but like but you know i just i, I love but you, cold you know content. yeah but you know that they're alive it doesn't yeah, it feels less exactly. like murder porn basically because right, i like because I, I also just relate too much to like when you hear like true crime stuff i'm like it's so hard not to relate to the victims and i'm like i don't it just makes me afraid to go outside whereas like with colts <laughs> it's like it and it's also nice because like people like have the community too so there is a sense of especially when a lot of people are getting out it's like rebuilding that community that you already had inside the cold and it i don't know it just it, it, there's it's a different dynamic uh there's a really great show on hulu it was short-lived i think it only lasted two or three seasons but it's called the path Oh yeah. You should if you ha- if you haven't you should check it out because Aaron Paul plays the main character. Oh, and it's a like a uh, fiction or not it's a fiction. fiction. Oh, is it no, entirely it, fictional? It it's not based it's enti- on anything. It's in- well, it's probably based on something, but no, it's entirely fictional. But it's about his journey um, in the cult, and then it's uh, him becoming uh, basically fed up with it and deprogrammed yeah. and trying to save the other cult members. It was really good. I was very sad that it was short-lived but uh yeah no it's it's really good um oh my gosh yeah no i so many uh them that follow was a movie i saw last year i think and it or maybe at the beginning of this year before movie theaters closed anyway it's a religious cult that uses snakes Oh, I've heard podcasts about this. It was actually really good. <laughs> this is all um, we Pre- have to premium, just premium cult content. We have to just get all the cult content. Yep. yep. We should have our own streaming platform just for cult content. <laughs> premium cult content. Yes. PCC. PCC. <laughs> um, PCC also sounds like Portland Community College. It does. It does. But it's, it's <laughs> premium, premium, is what you premium would cult content. Yes. Um, <laughs> Um, oh boy well so that's the vow it is on streaming on hbo max um thank you melissa um (laughs) um, it is uh just this week finished the first season though they're doing a second season oh excellent i have i am two episodes behind so i I was catching up on lovecraft country okay well i've been watching i'll i'll be like oh i'll save it till like wednesday and then i'll be like every monday i'm like no i'm watching it now (laughs) oh i know i know i'm like no 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 i want to wait until i have like two episodes in the can but no no, i usually will watch them on monday um cool well mine is a book series that i am working on reading uh, the author is Mark Lawrence, and it's the Book of the Ancestor series. The first book is uh, Red Sister. The second book is Gray Sister, which I just finished yesterday. And the third book I just started is Holy Sister. And it is basically, uh, it's it's a fantasy sci-fi series about a, a civilization that lives on this planet called Abbath that r- rotates a dying red sun. So the top and the bottom of the planet are basically ice, but around the equator, there's a 50-mile stretch of land called the Corridor, and that's basically where everybody lives, Oh well. essentially. Um, I think it's longer than 50 miles, but it's it, basically it stretches around the entire planet because it, it's the equator. Right. So 
their moon, we find out, is this contraption that the the first peoples built, and it's this giant mirror in the sky because they don't have a moon essentially. So what the mirror does is it stores up all of this sunlight and then shines it down on the planet, so it keeps the ice at bay. Well, anyway, that's cool. It's really cool. I think it's really weird and fascinating. But the the story centers around a uh, uh, Nona Gray, who is taken in the first book to become trained to be trained as a holy sister at this uh, monastery sweet mercy monastery so basically the book is about a bunch of battle nuns oh well battle nuns battle nuns essentially because yeah because these sisters are not only trained in you know holy religious ways but they're also trained to like fight and to use poison and to use shadow magic and it's really cool, cool and i am a sucker for kid goes to magical school or kid goes to boarding school or school in general there's a I'm, lot of those out there yeah i'm a sucker for that stuff i love it i i love it so did much. you like always wish you were, were, went to boarding yes, school yes that's probably uh, why I that's probably that's why i like, read all those that seems to be the the common denominator because i was never <laughs> one of those i like people who like go on a journey like mm-hmm. or like have mm-hmm. some sort of like are just like forced into some sort of chosen th- or like uh, not cho- they they were chosen against their will you know right, like right. Buffy or Frodo mm-hmm. those are always my favorite ones but yeah there's also the yeah kid goes to boarding school yeah, that's me, magic is the whole thing give me give me a book about a kid goes to magic boarding school and then each chapter is like yeah and then after my class in astrology or whatever <laughs> I love it I love it so much but. Uh, these books have been a joy to read. Nona is an amazing character. She's courageous and bold, and sometimes that gets her into trouble. She's not perfect. She's not a Mary Sue. She has to learn just like everybody else. And there's this great plot with the the Emperor's uh, sister, Shirzal, that's being kind of unfolded in, in during the the three books. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just super wonderful. They've been wonderful to read. They've been a wonderful distraction, and uh, I enjoy uh, Mark Lawrence's writing a lot. So nice. that's yeah, that's the book of the ancestors series. The first book is called Red Sister. Red Sister, awesome. Oh, the narrator who reads the audiobooks is great. Also, she sounds a little bit like Deanna Troy, and so it makes me happy. But yeah, she's wonderful. <laughs> it's good to have a good. Uh, it's very important. A bad narrator uh reader can spoil something yeah a good one can make it Mm -hmm. yeah um cool i think that's our episode i think we did it yeah we did it (laughs) another one okay (laughs) okay so um our theme song is by lucia fasano our youtube is um citizen white cane podcast where you can turn on um closed captions for transcriptions our twitter is white cane pod our instagram and our facebook are both citizen white cane our email is citizen white cane pod at gmail.com if you would like to leave us a voice message there's a link in the show notes um of have you if you had your taken your eyes out with just fingers uh do you enjoy making meat puppets out of your uh, out of your victims and uh what's what it's a little less or uh horror inducing um oh god that's really there's not a lot of specifics from this movie is there specific from our pond what's your favorite cold content there you go there you go <laughs> as close yep. as i can think of to not being horror um any of those uh you can leave a voice message link in the show notes come back next week we will be 
doing we always do the podcast next <laughs> week but this time we'll also always be doing the that's the movie okay yep so wow. all right all right then <laughs> my puns are getting far more <laughs> distorted and stupid <laughs> but come come back next week and and see what see what we do okay bye bye <laughs> me they all love the pavi